Welcome to this edition of In the Author's Voice. I'm Jeff Williams. Imagine going on vacation to a tropical paradise and being abducted and sexually assaulted. It's not the plot of a movie of the week, but the real-life story of writer Laura Naughton. Naughton is an author and documentary playwright. She also teaches creative writing at an arts conservatory high school in New Orleans. Her new book, The Jaguar Man, is a painful yet compassionate and transformative narrative. I recently spoke with Naughton about the book. I came about the book when I was still living in Los Angeles, and uh, I began writing it almost immediately after I returned from Belize, where the book is set. The Jaguar Man is a memoir about an experience I had while traveling in Belize. I was picked up by a man who was pretending to be a cab driver, and he pulled a knife, took me into the jungle where I was robbed and sexually assaulted. And that's one level of the story, but the book is also about how this encounter became really a very profound experience of compassion. I can't even begin to imagine. I, mean, I can kind of wrap my brain around kind of the environment. I've never been to Belize, but I've been to some pretty remote areas in, in, in Jamaica. So I kind of got a feel for maybe kind of what sort of what you, you, you went through. And I, as I understand, you, you ultimately didn't report this incident to authorities. No, once I um, was away from the man who I call the Jaguar Man, um, I was in a very small village, and I had to make a decision about how to proceed. And this small village didn't have a police station or um, even a health clinic. And so I decided to leave early the next morning and and go back home to Los Angeles where I could get care. Um, I had been visiting someone in Belize and um, told him immediately about the, the sexual assault. He wanted to gather his friends and, and their guns and go track down the man. And, um, and I stopped him from doing that. That wasn't the kind of justice I was looking for. And I decided, quite frankly, just to take care of myself and to leave, not try to figure out the Belizean judicial system. Um, but he did, my, my friends there in Belize did make sure that the word got out and so that people were on alert. Um, but I was conflicted, of course, about whether or not to report him and, um, and about what the, what the repercussions of, of either decision would be. The, the friend I'm assuming you're referring to, the, the diver in the in the memoir? Yes, yes, yes. I had been to Belize once before. I had met a man. Um, we had begun uh, a romance, a long-distance romance, and I had returned on this trip to to spend more time with the man who I referred to as the diver. Um, and it was on the fourth day of that trip that I encountered the Jaguar man. I'm assuming this was a, 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 a cathartic process for you to write this, but as you mentioned, it really there's, there's many many levels in terms of the way you approached sharing your your story. How did you decide on the style of the narrative that you ended up writing the the book in? Yeah, so it, in first draft, I attempted a straight memoir, you know, just sticking strictly to the facts and the details as I remembered them, but it didn't seem as though I was getting to the emotional truth of the story and. Part of the emotional truth was that I was really obsessed with this man, this Jaguar man, when I returned home. I wanted to know who he was uh, and so that I could understand what I had encountered. And, but I, there was no way for me to know his story. So I, I allowed myself to go into imagination and to create a myth of his life, the myth of his life before our encounter and then after. Um, 
And that seemed to me to be a way to get closer and more, to be more honest and authentic about, the, about my emotional landscape and my thought process. And so I kind of broke the memoir form apart a bit in order, I think, to be more honest. Now, if I, if I understand correctly, you were captive for about a, a, a day and a half. Um, it, so, was, was it, was, it was just um, one evening, yeah. Even in that short amount of time, you, 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 you write about how you, you, know, you identified and, or, and wanted to know, to know more, uh, more about him. What, what did you learn about yourself during that, during that time period? Mm, what, a, what a beautiful question. Um, you know, during that time, I was so clear-headed. I, ha- I don't think I've ever had an experience of being so present in the moment before or after. There was really no room during the hours that I was with the Jaguar man to think about my past or to, or to worry about the future. It was just what to do in each moment. And, and I, I learned what that kind of clarity feels like. Um, and it has been a real, a real project <laughs> to try to, um, you know, to, to develop that again. Um, I think sometimes when we're pushed to our extreme, um, there, there's a real, at least when I was pushed to my extreme in that, in that experience, I found uh, a place in me that could be direct and clear-minded and clear-hearted. And, um, and, and although it was a horrifying experience, that was, it was a very good, um, there were, let me say that differently. Although it was a horrifying experience, so much good learning has come from it. I've had the opportunity over, over the years to talk with many different survivors of many different types of, of traumatic events, in, including including sexual assault. And I, and I know they all, every, each individual is different in how they, how they work through that and, and eventually get to a, a place of, of healing. For you, what is this process like? Yeah, um, it's pretty slippery. It's a pretty messy process, I think. Um, and not a linear one. You know, and I, I, in, in the book, I also try to cycle and circle back to certain ideas and themes in order to show the cyclical nature of healing. Um, for me, it was a lot about gathering my, my friends and family, um, finding very good counseling, um, and then and writing the book as well. Uh, I also learned how to meditate, which was which was my way of learning how to hold that kind of clarity and presence in the moment that I had experience with him, but I didn't know how to do um, outside of an extreme environment. And, and all of those things combined um, show me how much healing really is a communal process. You know, I have, I have looked for my guides and my teachers along the way. I was surprised to learn how quickly you returned to Belize after this ordeal. What, was that something you felt like you you had to do at that particular time? I did. It was a real pull. Um, I did not want the Jaguar man to have so much power over me that I would lose my, my love of travel or my confidence in myself um, as a traveler. And so I returned to Belize pretty soon after, maybe within a, a month or so, a couple of months maybe. Um, but I also wanted to see the diver, and uh, we had continued to our communication, and 
I just wanted to reclaim my life. Um, and I have actually been back to that village um, maybe close to 10 times since the experience. And I don't blame the place. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful country, beautiful landscape. And I think returning has also been part of the healing process. Were you able to be near that spot in the forest where where you were taken away? Did you was that part of the healing process to be able to see if you could just face that environment as well? No, I've never been back to that spot. Um, I thought about it a few times, and um, and in the end, just decided not to go anywhere near it. I have gone into other other parts of the jungle, um, not alone, uh, you know, with a guide. But, no, I haven't, I haven't looked for that in exact spot. And there's been so much development um, in the past couple of years that I don't think that's, that I would even be able to recognize it. You've composed this really, m- written this really moving, uh, moving book. And as you're... M- Moving on as well with with your with your life, what what role did this did the book play? Do you think in this in this process as it's I guess continuing to to unfold as you continue to heal and 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 live life? Yeah, um, well, a couple of things. Maybe most importantly for me, I think the book now. I'm hoping that the book will have a place in what looks like a national conversation that's happening around sexual assault. Um, this really is my contribution to that because I, I realize that I have a perspective that doesn't quite fit with uh, the norm, and, and I'm okay with that. That's actually one of the reasons why I wanted to write the book. Um, and I hope that we'll start thinking about the different ways that um, that we talk about sexual assault, that we consider how we care for one another or don't, and the place that compassion might have um, in the healing of both the, the survivor and the offender as well. Now, I, you know, I do want to say that I, I do think that people who commit sexual assaults should be held accountable. There should be consequences. But within those consequences, I think there's room for for compassion and for rehabilitative treatment as opposed to, um, you know, just, uh, just incarceration or revenge or, or ignoring the problem, as we so often do. I was kind of surprised by how you, you when you were talking about, you know, obviously there was the ordeal and the pain that you were going through, but you're, you're kind of interested in understanding this, the complexities and the, and the, and the pain troubling the, the Jaguar man. Was that, did that strike you as unusual that you were trying to figure out what was going on with him as well? Um, it struck me as my only way to survive because I knew it wasn't about me. I was a stranger to him. It had nothing to do with me. I was pulled into his madness. And because I couldn't run or overpower him, the only thing I could think to do was was care for him because I, I thought, well, if his... If his aggression and his rage and his violence can subside, then I had a chance of being okay. And, but I was the only one there to be of service to him. And so that became my role. And, and it worked. I mean, I didn't walk out of the encounter untouched, but I did walk out alive. And that was my, my main goal, of course. Um, 
And so that's the, the power of, of compassion, of being able to see his suffering and, and wish for it to be relieved and then be willing to act. Um, you know, when I see how powerful that was against one person's violence, that's what makes me now ask the question, well, what would happen if we practice that on a much larger scale? You know, what role can compassion have in our world where everywhere we turn we see people's aggression and anger manifesting as violence and the sense of disconnect? What happens if we take a different approach and start caring for people who are in pain so that they don't need to harm others or harm themselves? That's author Laura Naughton. Her new memoir is The Jaguar Man from Central Recovery Press. In the author's voice is a web-based series of WSIU Public Radio. I'm Jeff Williams.